What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Marin with Intuitive Minds Podcast. This is episode 39, and today's guest, we have a legendary guest, a very special one. He is a jeweler, a video director, an A&R. He wears many, many hats in the music industry and has worked with many prominent acts like Asap Fur, Drake, 50 Cent, you name the acts he has worked with. We have none other than Will the Boss from WS Jeweler. How are you today, man? I'm good. I'm safe. I'm healthy. I'm free of COVID, so I got nothing to complain about. Right, right. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it's tough for everybody out there. Are you, have you found any new hobbies while you've been quarantined or cooped up? I've been trying to figure out different ways to make money, to be honest. Yeah. Trying to figure out um, some longevity and opening up some new businesses so that, you know, I can always be good or be financially free. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Break down on who Will the Boss is and where he's from and how he got started in the game. Man, that's, I, you're going to need a separate podcast just for that alone. <laughs> but just, just to give you a brief little introduction, um, I'm a jeweler, probably the only Afro-American jeweler in New York City or probably in the United States mm-hmm. at this level. I also own a management company. I own a PR marketing company. I design merchandise for artists as well. And I do video production as well. I create and produce concepts for uh, music videos, so I kind of have my hands in a lot of different baskets. Mm-hmm. Now, besides the jewelry business, elaborate a little bit on what the other ventures are, besides the, in, in the video production. The management company deals with artists, deals with creatives, deals with producers, songwriters, just basically anybody in a musical creative world. I've, you know, over the years, I've made a lot of mistakes which mm-hmm. turned into experience. Mm-hmm. So I just try to stop the people that's coming after me from making those mistakes and guiding them in, in their future and their careers. Mm-hmm. So that's the management company, the PR marketing company. My, you know, We have a public relations aspect of it. We have a marketing uh, portion of it where we market and we create and we curate content, events, digital marketing, different things for artists to actually enhance awareness around themselves and their career and their brand. Mm-hmm. Now, you growing up in Fort Greene, Brooklyn, what, what was it like growing up in, in your era, for those that, that don't know? Oh, man. Fort Greene, Brooklyn, honestly, in the, in the quickest way I could describe it, is like the movie Friday. Oh. A whole day could be somebody's lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see somebody get robbed, stabbed. You can see somebody feeding a homeless. Mm-hmm. You could see a crackhead doing the latest dance. It's basically a movie every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see somebody get robbed at a dice game. Yeah. You can see some of the best basketball talents, you know, you know, basketball tournaments in the neighborhood. It's one day is like a whole movie. Mm-hmm. Ice Cube did it best by, by making yeah. a day into a movie because it's just that much going on. Mm-hmm. It's almost like uh, do the right thing. That's yeah. What, yeah. It's, it's like do the right thing because I'm from Albania and Albania is similar to where every neighborhood is for itself. But you wake up mm-hmm. to see millions of things at once. Like you yeah. said, you see a whole, like I've seen a whole fight generate from one guy spilling a rumor. And then that whole day yeah. they're fighting. <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. before it's, you know it's it. It's a whole a, movie. One yeah. day is a movie. It's crazy. It's so, crazy. Like you said, the simplest thing mm-hmm. could turn into the largest event. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was for me, because I came in America when I was 10. So mm-hmm. as a kid, 
I grew up very, very quick, you know, being outside at eight in the morning, not going home till 10 at night. You know what I mean? Just yeah. running around the neighborhood. And then we, us kids, we would go to another neighborhood and challenge them into like a soccer match or shit like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> and it was like neighborhood for neighborhood. And then next thing you know, all the, like you said, there's that one guy that everybody knows is like the crackhead that everybody knows. And yeah. Yeah, doing yeah, the everybody. Yeah. And then there's that little kid who knows how to play cards, but he doesn't really know how to play cards. So you kind of play along and, <laughs> you know, you have I mean? to appease him. But yeah. back back then, that was the babysitting. That was the therapist. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, back then, just going outside all day was the babysitting. There wasn't no, you know, facilities or mm-hmm. you know, twenty five hundred dollar a month daycares. Nope. You just went outside, and that was mm-hmm. it. And you had to figure mm-hmm. it out. Just as long as you don't die, you come home. That that, that was your babysitting. That's yeah, it. Exactly. There was <laughs> no, yeah, there was no allowances every Friday. There was none of that. Like no. Know? No, allowance. Are you serious? What do you need yeah. money for? Yeah. <laughs> what do you need money for? Chips is a quarter. Yeah, exactly. You better use that quarter and eat them chips all day. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> also, that's, honestly, that's that's part of why uh, mentally we're in a position that we're in now where we, we try to, I guess, supplement everything mm-hmm. that we didn't have before right. into, you know, trying to buy our kids everything now because, you know, we just didn't have it before, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and trying to tell them the stories is very, very difficult. Yeah. It's like, I, don't, I give up with that because they'll never relate, yeah. you know? You're just wasting your time trying to tell a kid who has an iPhone, a $1,000 phone at, you know, 13, mm-hmm. 12, mm-hmm. what it was like to get $5 for sweeping up here in a barbershop. Yeah. It just, there's no way they'll connect. Only thing you could do is just try to, try to teach them how to be smart about their money now. Yeah, especially, with the, yeah. especially nowadays. Everything moves so fast, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. These are little gems I'm dropping in between. You know, these are, mm-hmm. these are little bullets that I'm shooting right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, uh, growing up in Brooklyn, obviously New York City, hip-hop is a big influence. Mm-hmm. Who are some of your biggest inspirations growing up as well as in life? I would say musically, yeah. you know, I, I was very drawn to Biggie mm-hmm. because, you know, Biggie basically, he set the bar. He He wasn't slim. He didn't have abs. He wasn't sexy. He didn't have, you know, he didn't have that, I guess, the alleged aesthetic that people think you need to have to make it in the industry. He was the complete opposite. And he was one of the biggest artists in the industry. Mm-hmm. He he had all the females. Like a lot of guys don't know, in order, in order to get females, you just need to have a sense of humor, number one. Mm-hmm. You need to have a couple of dollars, number two. And you need to have some drive or potential. Mm-hmm. Everything else is basically a waste of time. Mm-hmm. So Biggie is, I would say, proof of that because he didn't have any of those things, but he could make a girl laugh. He was smart, he was witty, and he knew how to put words together. And that was very important. So that right there is the epitome of showcasing hip-hop in, his, in, in a raw form of there was no gimmicks with mm-hmm. Biggie. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he really was just a hip-hop artist that could rhyme well and made songs. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, Diddy had some assistance with that, but you know, I, I would say, you know, Biggie was a big influence. I liked I liked Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. I always respected Jay-Z because I think he quietly put so many people in positions. Yep. People don't even acknowledge that Jay-Z has a sports management company. He has a music label. Mm-hmm. He had, you know, liquor. He had 4040 Club. You know how many people Jay-Z is probably employed mm-hmm. and nobody has anything to say about it? We don't even acknowledge sometimes what our pioneers do for us. Mm-hmm. We just overlook it. And we just think he's married to Beyonce. Yep. He's probably got thousands of jobs, you know, people, thousands of jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, I also like, like people like MOP, 
you know, I'm just a big Brooklyn, Brooklyn, you know, yeah, you know, tell, music yeah. lover, you know. <laughs> yeah, I could tell it's very, very Brooklyn. Of course, you're from Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's very love, different. For me, Brooklyn. for me, it's very New York. It's very New York. I, I got Big L, Guru, uh, from Gangstar. I got Big Pun. So I'm very like in those lyrical. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? no, I I love those guys as well, but mm -hmm. I'm going with the home team first. Then yeah. then we can get to all of the you know yeah, the big yeah. puns and the big L's and you know the Nas and you know even yeah, Fifty yeah. Cent. You know they they come after Brooklyn though. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, are you more of a lyrical? Do you look more for lyrical stuff, or are you whatever with whatever sounds good? I'm I'm with overall. You know I feel like music. You you can't really when you think about it. People still go to see Bruce Springsteen on tour. Mm -hmm. They still support his music. No one ever says Bruce Springsteen isn't rock and roll enough or he yeah. isn't, you know, lyrical enough. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like we need to start supporting our artists differently. You know, mm -hmm. we, we can't put them in a box and, and then say, hey, I don't mess with this guy. He's not lyrical enough. Like, I love Drake. I think Drake is one of the biggest artists, you know, that we've, that we've come across in such mm -hmm. a long time. And I love him as an individual, too. The way he handles himself, the way he carries himself. You know, I don't need him to be lyrical. I don't even need him to write all his records, you know, mm. even though I don't know if, if he did or if he doesn't, that's none of my business. I'm just saying I just like music overall. Yeah, as long as it you sounds know? good and it makes sense. And as long as you can relate. Yeah, it makes well. sense. And, and as long as it's believable and, and I can feel, because I feel like Bob Marley said, music should evoke emotion. If you can evoke some type of emotion out of me, whether it's I may want to go meet a girl, whether it's I want to go work out in the gym, whether it's I just want to go smack somebody, <laughs> whatever that emotion may be, I think that's when you know music is working. Yeah. You can evoke that emotion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like Tupac said, it's like music is in us every day. We go every day with, with, with some type of melody in our head. Every yeah. single day, you yes. know what I mean? So now before you got Walking into melody, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, you're a walking melody every single day. Without music, you wouldn't be able to breathe, you know what I mean? Like you said, it's like a release thing, whether you want to go to the gym, whether you want to do yes. something else, you know what I mean? It's a release thing, especially yeah. when, you're, <laughs> when you're a music producer, you know what I mean? So uh, now, being now besides music and all of that, you were dabbled a little bit into architecture, mm -hmm. a little bit. Elaborate. Yeah, yeah, back in my, you know, my, my nerdy, uh, geeky days, for, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. you know, I, I tried to follow the American dream, you know, go to college, this, that, and I f finessed my way into becoming an engineer, honestly, because, you know, I was, I was having a child and me doing a regular job thing just wasn't working. So I tried to figure out a way to get a career where I could make some decent money and, you know, just try to provide for my family and I'd have to take the risks that I was taking beforehand. So I taught myself AutoCAD through a little bit of engineering I did in school. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, I told them that I had a degree. I didn't, you know, it doesn't matter now that, that they know that I lied. And I got a job at an engineering company mm -hmm. and I became an engineer. So that, that dealt with um, AutoCAD and uh, 3D modeling and yep. Revit and stuff like that. All of that. You know, yeah, just, yeah. just square geeky stuff. But, you know, I had to, my son was going to be born and, you know, he needed milk and cereal. So I had to yeah, figure it out. I, yeah, yeah. I grew up around architecture because my mom is an architect. So I definitely, she did the engineering part okay. as well. I, that's why I wanted to ask. That's why I was like, yeah. oh, that's, that's kind of cool. I want to ask him about that. Yeah, she did the engineering part, like the math yeah, behind it. Very, yeah, very. Yeah, I, I did the plumbing and sprinkler portion. Yeah, very, very intricate. A lot of math, a lot of calculations, yeah. you know, but they honestly, 
secretly, they also like to have a good time too. They always wanted my business, so they used to always take me to strip clubs. They used to always <laughs> take me to uh, steak dinners and, and baseball games just, just so that I could use their product, like Toto mm-hmm. and Kohler and American Standard. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if I'm telling on these companies, but back then, <laughs> that corporate card, we used to run it up back then, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was essential <laughs> back then. Do you have any, like, particular... Yeah buildings that you like like any style of buildings that you particularly like oh man that draws your eyes every time do you have any like i like anything that's geometric and that has glass you know as maybe the focal point because i feel like that is such an intricate design you know people don't understand the, the amount of pressure and the density and the volume a lot of things that go into just making a building like that you know the the every the calculations have to add up so you could be doing calculations for one part of the building, but you need to join with the mechanical, the mm-hmm. electrical, mm-hmm. the central, just to make sure that everything is in sequence so that a building won't collapse. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I was actually fortunate to work on 9-11, not 9-11, mm-hmm. the World Trade Center after 9-11. You don't understand that the type of things, the preparation, the stuff that they had to even build those buildings. We had to remodify and do better than that Mm -hmm. so you know it's a lot that goes into it so anything with glass and anything geometric i think always stands out to me because i know what it takes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's yeah is is that now do you plan on doing something in the future with that or no not at all i'm 100 i definitely don't plan on doing anything pertaining (laughs) to that i'm so far removed from that world it became tedious it became a bit boring I'm not knocking it if someone's doing it. It's just mm-hmm. not for me anymore. Yeah, I've yeah. I've figured out a different way to create that I'm a little bit more passionate about. And, you know, that's with jewelry. I, I love to see something go from nothing to shining. Tiny, you know, yeah. and I think I can achieve that faster with jewelry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the, ex- the experience of the A&R, how did that come about? The A&R experience? Honestly, managing the artist, I'm, I'm just going to be 100% honest. We knew of an artist by the name of Fabulous from Brevoid, mm-hmm. Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Back in the days, he used to. I always loved how he used to start the beginning of Clue tapes, and I was intrigued by it. And I found out that the two individuals that manage him went to my high school. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, hey, I'm smarter than these guys. If they can manage a talent like Fabulous, then it's something I could definitely do. Mm-hmm. So I just started to look into it, and it became something that I was really interested in. And I just started to make mistakes in order for me to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I never really had a mentor. I never really had somebody I can go to because one thing you learn about this business, music, jewelry, whatever it is, it is almost impossible to trust anyone a hundred percent. You can trust people, but it's 65, 75, 85. Mm -hmm. So you, the only way you can really, really learn is if you got to invest your own money and you got to make your own damn mistakes Mm -hmm. with that combination right there, you'll equal success. But until then, Nobody's going to give you the answers. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. What, what are some things you picked up at, as you're approaching this? Like, what is something that you learned specifically? As far as management, you never know everything. There's multiple ways to make money through music. It's not just you having an artist that has a record that's going through the roof and people are buying the record. You know, as people are learning that now with streaming and, you know, these playlists and, you know, you, you even, even if you have any children and they're playing a video game and you hear... ASAP Ferg or Dave East in the background. Mm-hmm. All of that is different uh, musical revenue streams that can allow you to make money. So that, that's one of the things that I learned. Music is a multi-billion dollar business that it has a lot of different avenues where you can make money from. 
Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of the, I think that's one of the main things that as far as with management and music artists, you never ever will know everything. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah. You just gotta keep learning and be willing to keep learning. Yeah. Do you have any do you have somebody that's in the game that's like giving you specific advice for it? Like, yo, stay in your course or the best advice that I got, and I won't even say the best, but I I get a lot of advice from 50 Cent. You know, 50 Cent is a client of mine. He's also a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And he, he always teaches me different ways to reinvent myself in order, in order for me to be successful. And I've learned from Jay-Z as well, even though he hasn't directly told me anything, but just in meetings with him, he'll mm-hmm. show me how to handle yourself and how to be respectful and classy. Like, I've, I've had meetings with Jay-Z, and he'll tell me, if this doesn't work out, it's cool. If I see you out somewhere, I'll send you a bottle of champagne. And we still be cordial. We don't got to be best of friends. We don't got to do business. But as black men in this business, we can still be cordial to each mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. and help uplift each other. Mm-hmm. And that's what I got from him. And he, he's, he's always on time, too. That's another thing. Oh, he's yeah. always 10, 15 minutes early. And I understand the importance of his time mm-hmm. and of my time. So mm-hmm. those are some of the things that I learned from some of the, some of the greats in this business, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and that, that's a, that's a key thing you said. Fifteen minutes early is on time. Fifteen on time is late. So that's yeah for him. That, yeah, for him. That, yeah, that's an amazing thing. Because I've, I've been meeting with him since three sixty deals. He he actually introduced me to the three sixty deal. Mm. He actually introduced me to you know music, music being good on the corner versus music playing within the homes of a 16 to 18 year old, you know, with a family, how do you, how do you transition that music into their, well, iPod, you know, back in the days or iPhone, how do you get it to go from you rapping on the corner with your peers Mm -hmm. to it playing into their, you know, uh, you know, iPhones and into their, you know, Mm -hmm. households. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just, just understanding music and understanding the demographic and how it affects different people. These are things that I've learned. I can't give away all the sauce now, but of course, you know, that's, that's, Those are some of the things that I've picked up just from having conversations with mm-hmm. them and, and actually listening instead of speaking. Yeah. You know? That's a, that's a crucial Those thing. are some big things. That's a crucial yeah. thing in the industries. You have to, you have to sit there and listen and not, not, not pretend like you know everything because you will be tested yeah. every yeah. second of the time. You that's, will the worst, that's the worst thing that you could do. It's, worst it's, thing. Yeah. So, and then another thing you mentioned that Jay was like, yo, if this deal doesn't go through, we'll still be friends. That's another thing that a lot of people misconstrue is like if a business deal doesn't go well, well, fuck him. I don't want to be friends with him anymore because of that. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's another thing. That- and, they sh- and they should never be fuck anybody unless somebody disrespects you, mm-hmm. unless somebody does something to your family, or unless somebody, you know, takes a significant amount of money. Because even yeah. sometimes a small amount of money is not even worth it. That's mm-hmm. the only time you should ever get on some disrespectful behavior is when it goes too far. Yeah. You know, pe- people get so emotional and so mad over the smallest things and they don't understand the, in- the you know, the intricacies behind the business aspect of it as to why some things just can't take place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not personal. Yeah, that's never personal. It's just business. Yep. Exactly. So, and then one thing that can relate to the music is the video portion of it. What did that, what was your first video production? How did you the, come The video about? portion, man, that, that came from me dealing with directors and them being so damn lazy them telling me that they don't want to shoot my, my artist video. Mm. Them telling me that their budget is 10, 15, you know, back then, 10, 15,000. And I'm like, man, I got $30 in my pocket. How can I give you 10,000 to shoot a video? Right, facts. So I just, yeah, I just like, you know what? These guys don't look that bright. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I could do anything, 
that's just my approach. Mm-hmm. If I see somebody else doing it and they're able bottled able body like myself, I'm thinking there's got to be a way that I can learn and figure it out myself. Mm-hmm. So every time I hear a no, it's an opportunity for me to figure it out on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, and, that, and that's how I started doing treatments for videos. You know, I was tired of people not getting my vision. I was tired of people telling me that yeah. their vision cost $20,000 mm-hmm. and it wasn't even something that I wanted. So I'm like, let me just try to figure it out on my own. And it took a while. I'm not going to make it seem like, you know, mm-hmm. I wrote treatments within, you know, 24 hours. Yeah. No, I wrote some effed up treatments for a while until I started to realize how things work, how to be creative, how to work within a budget, how to work within production, lights, you know, cameras, All of that studios, time. you know. Yeah, you got, it's a whole process. But once you figure it out, you figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, I just mm-hmm. shot a video for my artist, Black Poppy and Ruby Rose. That's nice. going to be amazing. I use some amazing lasers that I got the inspiration from Drake's OVO Fest. He used to always have these lights lasering yep. out into the crowd. Mm-hmm. And I used to see the green lights coming mm-hmm. off people's faces. I'm like, man, I'm going to use that for a video one day. <laughs> and when Black Poppy did this record with Ruby Rose, that was the inspiration behind perfect it. Perfect for it. Perfect for it. What can, what can we expect that? That video, I would say, you know, I got to talk to Hitco and see if they, they don't hit me in the head financially to clear Ruby. <laughs> You know, as long, long, long as I can get this clear at a certain number, that video could come out within a month, two weeks, to be honest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, moving on to jewelry. What was your first piece of jewelry you ever worked on? Man, I, I, I think the first piece of jewelry I did was a spinning Chanel-inspired pendant for Tony Yayo. When Tony Yayo came home from jail, and 50 was like, I need something crazy for Yayo. So I took the inspiration from the watch. How they used to have the floating diamond spinning around in it. Mm-hmm. I think it was Chapard. I'm sorry, not Chanel, Chapard. They have this floating diamond spinning around on it, and I put that in the middle of, of Tony Ayo's piece. So that right there, that mm-hmm. that's what that the diamond's dancing in the piece is how he created that dance where he used to shake his hand in front of his face, oh. you know, and get everybody going crazy. Mm-hmm. So, that, so, that, so that I think that was the first intricate, crazy piece that I worked on that is monumental in the hit. All my pieces have a, a place in history in hip hop and in the culture. Right. Mm-hmm. That's another thing too. Like I'm not just a, a jeweler right. that hey, yeah. hey, you know, let me get fifty thousand, let me get sixty thousand. Granted, yeah, I do want money. I do got to take care of my family, but I also try to do stuff that's timeless and that you know creates moments in hip hop. You know mm-hmm. that that's the difference between me and I would say a regular human jeweler. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm actually connected to the culture. Yeah, you know, so it's different in many like different when ways we, too. Like, you know, everybody has this championship ring wave now. That was something that we started with Drake a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting in the room with Drake, you know, because Drake always liked to have these these after parties after his shows and stuff. So, you know, we were just sitting there and he was just talking about his sound and how he wants his sound to be something so unique that once you hear it, you know that it's either Drake mm-hmm. or someone from his camp, whether it's 40, whether it's Boy Wonder. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, you guys have a championship sound. And they love, everybody's laughing. Oh, champions sound, da, da, da. They still, boom, boom, boom. They going crazy in there. So that was, that's what inspired the whole championship ring, which is the OVO sound ring that I did for him first. Mm-hmm. And then a whole wave of artists. So everybody started to do championship rings. But that's mm-hmm. where the first championship ring came from, just, just to let you guys know. <laughs> you know? A little piece of history there. <laughs> now, exactly. So that, that's, that's just some elements. <laughs> For uh, 
For the Tony Yeo, was that chain on that music video, the first music video you came out with? Yes, 100%. That Yeo was that was chain, a, right? Yeo didn't care if he had clean... He didn't care if he had clean underwear. As long as he had his damn chain, that's all yeah. he was concerned about. He could have wore the same drawers for a whole week, but if he had his chain on, he was Tony Yeo. Yeah. He didn't care. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the, that was the first time he wore it. <laughs> yeah, because I because when you said the spinning part, I was like, wait a minute, I know exactly. That's in the music video. That's in the music video. So yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. There's some jewelry historic moments, you know. Mm-hmm. I well, did the I did the spinning piece, the Street Family piece with Fab. Yep. When Fab first came out with that double sided piece. He was probably one of the first artists that had a two tone double sided piece. So. I had the SF in one color, white on one side, and then you turn mm. it over, the SF, the street family was in yellow. That was one of the first pieces of, of its kind. He still wears it. You know, so, you know. Yeah, of course. How could he not? He still he, wears he, it. We did that piece so many years ago, and it was just that. It's like people wearing Jordans. Yeah. Jordan, probably, you ain't pick up a basketball in who knows how long, but people will wear Jordans probably for the next 20 years. Mm. So sometimes when your design is innovative and is creative enough, it'll stand the test of time throughout years fab people don't even i don't want to age anyone but he's had that piece for quite some time and that piece still goes off and it's probably still one of the best pieces in hip-hop to this day mm-hmm. it's the, he's I, I saw because i was watching drink champs and he had worn that chain and i was yeah, like he has yeah. that he's had that chain for so because i've listened to fab since 2001 so yeah had that chain for yeah. a, <laughs> he's had it for a while and it's yeah. it's 2020 now yeah know? <laughs> so that's that goes to show them diamonds are still shining 15, yeah. 20 years later. You get quality when you come to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you heard it. <laughs> you heard it, goddammit. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> now, with being a jeweler and all, you started the company WS Jewelry with uh, David the Jeweler. How did that relationship start? Yeah, well, well, just, just to clear that up, you know, me and David, we was DWS Jewelry in the beginning. Me and David, we're great friends. We do business together, you know, but I just wanted to kind of, you know, take more control over what I was doing mm-hmm. and get a little bit more innovative and kind of do different things. So that's when I created the other umbrella branch, which is WS Jewelry. So me and Dave, we still do things together because we have clients that we could never, ever step away from, mm-hmm. you know, like a Drake or a Chris Brown or Trey Songs. Right. Yeah. But just for my other division, where I'm doing the more creative stuff, the more hip-hop generated stuff, that's WS Jewelry. So that's that's how both of those companies exist, and that's what roles they play. You know? What are some, uh, like, pieces that you have gotten ready to work on, but then they've never really gone through? Do you have any? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of flops. There's a lot of, you know, false starts, like in football. You know, you, you're about yeah. to start something. But, but honestly, that's also knowing your client and, and handling business and and just just trying to figure out how things work. You know, that, that's a part of some of the mistakes that you make. Sometimes you're eager to do a piece, so mm-hmm. you jump to do it. And, you know, I, I remember one time when uh, Kevin Durant, he just, I think he just signed to Oklahoma City. And uh, I think I met him somewhere, you know, because he stands out. He's like 6'11", yeah. probably 95 pounds, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but but he's, he's strong on that court, you know, mm-hmm. and he wanted some two unique Jesus heads. I can't really get into it, but I put the numbers of, of his jersey in the eyes of the Jesus head. Man, I sent them Jesus head to Kevin Durant in FedEx. They had a field day that day. They stole them Jesus heads. There's somebody walking around right now with Kevin Durant Jesus heads oh, that if I find them, I'm, I'm going to get them back. But they probably sold them or something. So, 
you know, there's a lot of different things that happen in order for a piece to get started but never make it to the client. So that's one example where I did them them Jesus heads for Kevin Durant and FedEx, you know. That's when I stopped putting, you know, jewelry on the package, you know, stop putting Kevin Durant's name on the package. You know, I, I'll put something else like, uh, you know, Jason Durant, you know, but as long as they deliver it to the same address. Address. What? The yeah, yeah. So they, they got from Jesus said. They probably felt that package. It was heavy. And it said Kevin Durant. I was like, oh, let me just out of curiosity. You know, back then, they probably <laughs> yeah. were only making $12 an hour. Yeah. You know, the, the boss probably, you know, loaded up their truck with a whole bunch of garbage. And, you know, the package, the TVs was heavy back then. So they was like, man, let me see what's in this package and see if I can quit Shit. my job. So, you know, so it, it happens, you know, Damn. it happens. Damn. So that, that was a false start right there. You know, Damn. I thought I, I thought I was going to have Kevin Durant early in the game, you know, before he won championships, before anything. That would have been. And, uh, you know, package got lost, you know, and of course, who's he going to be mad at? Me. He can't. He's not going to be mad at FedEx. He's mad mm-hmm. at the jeweler. Jeweler, yeah. You know, the way, so, damn. So not like that, that happened, man. That taught you to be, be careful it. out there when you're sending stuff through through FedEx. You know, mm-hmm. even though I still got a FedEx account, you know, they they just uh, <laughs> they just, had a, a bad day that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it happens with Jordan. It happens with Jordans. I have friends whose Jordans get lost out of nowhere. Exactly. Feel, feel curious. Exactly. To see Jordans. Others. Anything you order, you yeah. know, you order, you know, some some a TV or something, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it'll come up missing. Mm-hmm. You know, a laptop. You order a little MacBook. They they putting that in the back of their car. You know, <laughs> easy, easy, easy. So easy. it happens. It happens. Yeah, it's crazy. Do you have any like favorite artists that you haven't worked with so far in far jewelry in the jewelry again that you'd like to create a piece for? Or? A favorite artist that I haven't worked with. I think I would like oh, to wow. create. Honestly, what what I would like to do is like, and I know everybody says Kanye's crazy, but. In, in my opinion, I feel like there's a lot of genius when it comes to Kanye. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, you have to you have to take into consideration Kanye was a producer that yeah. people didn't even want to hear his beats. Yeah. People didn't even listen to him. He used to freestyle all day. People didn't even care yep. to the point that now he has a whole sneaker collection and brand that at one point in time wasn't even on the shelves of stores. Yep. I don't even know if you could walk into a store and see Yeezys just sitting on the shelves. Nope. So when you got to consider, he's come from playing beats to that. Mm-hmm. That to me is genius. Kanye has had three sneaker deals, Louis Vuitton, Nike, and Adidas. Mm-hmm. You ever seen Kanye do anything athletic? Besides Jesus walks when he was dancing across <laughs> in the video. He's never, I've never seen him pick up a ball. I've never seen him run a route, nothing. But he's mm-hmm. had three sneaker deals. That to me is genius. So I would love to like collaborate with like a Kanye and do like jewelry for a hotel that he designed, like a whole hotel that he designed. And we have like showcase pieces, you know, within the hotel. I would love to, you know, ASAP Ferg is a client of mine and he loves grills. He loves, loves, loves grills. I would love to do a collection with Tiffany's, you know, upscale luxury brand, but make it a little bit urban and do grills through Tiffany's. Um, Just to kind of, I feel like these people love our culture so much, but they never want to embrace us or support it. Mm-hmm. They just want to take from it. So I feel like that's a way of indirectly supporting our culture by putting grills in your stores, by putting jewelry pieces in your hotels, not just art. Put some put some jewelry in there in a uh, five-star hotel. So th- those are some of like dream collaborations and, you know, artists I would like to work with. You know, even though I work with ASAP Ferg, you know, 
I just would want to work with these guys in a higher capacity, just mm-hmm. just to push the envelope mm-hmm. and build the brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, with so many hats that you wear, what are some similarities that you have that you find in these? And then what are some flaws and pros and cons in between these similarities? One of the cons is you can't tell everybody everything. Mm-hmm. So even though I may do a lot, doesn't mean that my jewelry client wants to hear that. He may only care about the jewelry that we're doing. So I could have produced a video and I could be proud of it, but I can't share that with someone else because that's not their focus and that's not their concern. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the cons is to know when to speak and to know when to share information. You know, it's a thin line because, you know, you're proud of what you do. You're happy about it and you want to share it with your peers. But sometimes they don't want to hear that shit. So you got to stay focused and, and, and realize that just because you wear many hats doesn't mean that people want to hear about them, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and some of the pros are it, it allows you to grow your business by doing multiple things and having the knowledge. Mm-hmm. So being that I may know about maybe a video or know about production, then I can determine what I may need to do for the artists that can help them. Mm-hmm. You know, I may be able to bring something to the table. Like a lot of people don't know, Fab, what, what, what's, what's the crushing seed? What's, what's the song that uh, Fab does, does on the mixtapes, the Cold Summers and the whatever? The, the, the remix he did with 50 Cent. Uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you, you recognize, remember I that. But, I can't remember that. Yeah, that, I don't, I don't know if you remember Summer Jam. You know, there was a little scuffle on stage. Which Summer Jam? I guess the last one that we was allowed to have before everything went crazy. Because the last Summer Jam I worked on was when Remy Ma screamed on stage, fuck Nicki Minaj, and everybody went crazy. I think it might have been that one. I think that, it might have been, but basically, Fab and 50 has never done a song together. Never, yeah, ever. Never. And they're both from New York. They've both been around. But one day, I had 50 come to the office randomly. Fab came to the office randomly. And... I just told 50 that I think he should do the remix to, mm-hmm. to the song. And 50 was like, yeah, I'll do it. And we just had a casual conversation, which turned into New York remix with two of the biggest artists in New York. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've had to drop off jewelry for ASAP Ferg. And I'm like, Ferg, just come to the studio with me. Mm-hmm. And there was a new artist by the name of Smoke Perp at the time mm-hmm. that, you know, he had his Dead Star music out and he was brand new. And I, and I told Ferg, they needed to mess with this artist because I thought that he was going to be a big deal. And they did a song together that was doing well. So just, just wearing the many hats and being able to always keep doing stuff for the culture mm-hmm. while we're shining at the same time is something that no other jeweler can do, can compare to, can even think of. Because they just don't have the knowledge in those fields. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like Ben Baller. People don't know Ben Baller. He started out in music. Yep. Ben Baller was working with Dr. Dre back in the days. Mm-hmm. He was really heavy in, in the West Coast scene in the Bay Area and in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. And that's what probably helped him understand how to do pieces for people that's a part of that culture. You know, so that just having that knowledge, being able to know different things in different avenues allows your pieces to be more monumental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was going to be my next question is like, how do you determine when to, how to make a piece for somebody? It's just, obviously, you just answered that as knowing the person, knowing their characters and what they're about. Much. And just knowing where they come from and knowing their culture. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the most, the most important thing about jewelry, and I shouldn't even be telling anybody this, but people don't understand, like a lot of people, they go for Instagram followers, yeah. they go for shout me out, or they, you know, they're hungry to chase behind an artist. All you have to do is establish trust. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. If you establish trust, a certain level of trust, you can be the biggest jeweler in the game. Mm-hmm. Somebody mm-hmm. have to pay me for that one. I'm sending an invoice to you right now for that. Because <laughs> <laughs> that applies that applies to all business, but yeah. especially in jewelry. Especially. Yeah. 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 So what, what, what are some tricks and trades you find in jewelry? Like some of the tricks that jewelers pick up that some jewelers can't, for example, that you can the, share. The biggest trick, yeah, the biggest trick that you could pick up in jewelry is that there is no damn tricks. The minute you try to short shortcut <laughs> or trick or try, you will you will make a mistake that will cost you way more money mm-hmm. than if you just took a little bit more time and did it the right way. It'll be done. Mm-hmm. So there is there is no tricks. That's the trick. Fair. So you know, like I said, people try to oh let me try to get Instagram followers. Let me try to get this person to shout me out. Mm-hmm. Let me let me try to show up on set at this video shoot. A lot of things can go wrong. You could show up on set and get robbed. Easily. You know, you can ask somebody to shout you out, and then that very same person will say something negative about your brand, you know, because you didn't give them what you promised them. Mm-hmm. You didn't deliver on time. So now you they, you know, now they think you're playing games with them. So now they're gonna say something, they're gonna slander your name. Yeah. So you trying to take those shortcuts can cost you more in the long in the long run. Mm-hmm. So there is no tricks. Mm-hmm. You just gotta do the right thing, try to do good business. And respect everybody and treat everybody equally. Treat everybody fair. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to do something for 50, you got to do the same thing for J. Cole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep it, yeah. You, know? you got to stand correct with everybody. Because the industry is small. Everybody knows everybody. Managers, A&R. So. Especially when you do something wrong. Mm-hmm. Very small. Mm-hmm. minute you F up, now everybody knows. But if you do something good, then nobody know. Nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it, it, oh, man. It's, it's, a, it's a very, very... Uh, hey, it's a, it's a weird trick. Like when you were doing something good, it's like you barely notice when something bad, it's like, boom, cut off. It's right you got to play the game. You got to play the game. Yeah. You can't hate the player. You got to, you know what I mean? Play the game. So exactly. Exactly. But any, any other hobbies you have outside of what you do in the industry that you like to do or. I'm, I'm, I'm heavily into real estate and interior design, mm-hmm. you know, and anything where I can create anything where I could, you know, take something from its beginning stages you know, it's like raising a child all over again mm-hmm. without having to, you know, clean up the dirty ass diapers. You know, right, yeah. it's, it's, it's a process that I enjoy because I just feel like there's no better feeling than knowing that you created something. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing that that knowing that something didn't exist until you put your mind to it, I think is the best feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, besides right. getting a wire in your account that you didn't expect. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, it's always a plus. It's like, whoa, that's a good feeling too. That's a great you know? <laughs> And then like you said, uh, going back to a point you made earlier, is you said that once you have all these talents, try not to like throw all the eggs out of the basket. You know, know when to talk, when to speak in certain things. You know what I mean? Because like a yeah. lot of people, like I've met a lot of people that sit in front of me and they spew out every single skill that they have all in one sitting. And it's like, I did not come yeah. here for, for that. I came here for one particular skill. Now, exactly. if I need something where to where you have that skill, you could tell me. And then I'll be like, oh, snap, you have that skill too? Cool. Surprise me with your skills. You know what I mean? Let me know. You know what I mean? Like, don't throw everything all at once. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. I look at yeah, it. Don't, don't jump into giving out all the information. Yeah that, yeah, that could cripple you and hurt you in the long run. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, yeah, no you know, one see. So yeah, because when you go to a certain store, you may go to that store because you know that this is what they have and this is what represents their brand. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go to a pizza shop and order a steak. 
You know, you're going to go to pizza store for pizza. Yeah. So, you know, you just got to know when to introduce, mm-hmm. like you said, the many talents that you have, mm-hmm. because that person may not be ready to hear it as of yet. Yeah. And you don't want to throw that there right there. Yeah. You want to, I, I just like right. to shock people with, with, with the talents I have. It's like, wait, you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's better. It's better to, what do they say? It? Uh, under promise and over deliver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that's all just, you know, you promise what you know you can do. And then if you can deliver some more, that's when you surprise them and shock them. Mm-hmm. You know, they may appreciate it more. So, yeah. Do you have any, any advice you'd like to give to any upcomers that are trying to come up in the game? Whether it's jewelry, videos. Uh... Any advice for anybody? I think 100% the main thing is don't be afraid to make any mistakes. You know, don't think that because you did something wrong that that means you can't do it. All that means is that you just got taught a lesson by yourself and it's probably cheaper to teach yourself a lesson than to learn it from somebody else. And I think the biggest thing for people, you have to invest in yourself. I hate when people, oh, I'm looking for an investor. I'm looking for this. Why are you looking for somebody else to believe in your dream? Why are you looking for somebody else to invest into something that they may not even know about? Mm-hmm. Invest your own money, your own time, your own resources, whatever it may be. You will work yourself up into getting a worthy investor. Instead of looking for an investor who's probably not worthy of what you're trying to build, mm-hmm. you know, invest your own money, you know, and, and have some patience. Like people see a lot of artists, they don't know Wiz Khalifa took five, six years probably being signed to Atlantic before that Orange Juice and Kush, whatever the name of his project was, came yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Like people, people don't, you know, people don't understand. Look at Yo Gotti. Yeah. Yo Gotti has probably two of the hottest Southern rappers, you know, in his camp right now. Mm-hmm. Yo Gotti used to bust his ass maybe five, ten years just working on his own music, yeah. trying to figure out his own game, making his own mistakes so that when he had time to start his own label, he was able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, invest in yourself, take the time, develop patience, and stop looking for somebody else to save you financially. Mm-hmm. That, that's not the way it works. Mm-hmm. And when you put your own money down, nobody can say shit because it's your own money. Nothing. So. And if you make a mistake, guess who you mad at? Yourself. Self. And trust me, you'll figure it out quicker than you trying to you know, get somebody else to do it and you don't even know what went wrong because you was never even learning the process to begin yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, yeah, that's, that, those are my two gems that I would give. I'm sending an invoice for those two <laughs> as well. Right now, you you racking up invoices over here on this podcast. So I gotta stop. <laughs> I gotta stop asking yeah, yeah. questions. All right, we're gonna end this podcast. Yeah, I mean, you can you can keep asking. I'm just gonna keep charging. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> gonna get a surprise email too. Yeah, yeah, definitely, hundred percent. It won't mm-hmm. be a surprise. I told you, I'm sending up invoices. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be surprised at the amount. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> now uh towards the end of the podcast i have these 10 rapid questions i got from james lifton who did inside the actor studios uh mm-hmm. the first question is what's your favorite word my favorite word mm-hmm. is progression what is your least favorite word can't i don't think uh, that word exists what turns you on what but, turns me on yeah. is being able to provide for my family what turns you off Lazy individuals. What sound or noise do you love? My money machine when it's ringing. Mm-hmm. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, anybody complaining or crying, whatever that sounds like. <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? My favorite curse word. 
I think I use them all equally. I, I, I think, I think, I think fuck has the hardest, you know, the harsh, cause it, I think it's so, you know, it's not one dimensional and it always hits hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I would love to be an actor. I would love to be, I see these guys, you know, on TV, met the man the other day. He had the lawyer. He was taking it down in power. I see mm-hmm. Lorenz Tate. He been sleeping with a beautiful woman his whole career. Not to say that that's the only reason why I want to be an actor, but right. I feel like I feel like being able to turn it to someone else for a short period of time mm-hmm. and, and make people really like, look, uh, look at um, look at uh, Ghost. You know, people yeah. are always going to look at him as Ghost now. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what else he did before okay. this. He goes, even the guy from The Sopranos, yep. you know, uh, 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 Tony Soprano. Yeah. yeah. No matter what, he's always going to be that character. So mm-hmm. I feel like transitioning into a whole nother character for a short period of time and being somebody else and doing so good mm-hmm. at it that people recognize you as that individual. That's definitely something that I would love yeah, to it's, do. It's, it's an amazing feeling because I do acting as well. It's, it's an amazing okay. feeling to jump into. To, oh, man, it's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, yeah. So if if I could pick something else I'll be doing, I would definitely be doing that. Mm -hmm. What profession would you not like to do? What profession would I not like to do? (laughs) 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 I mean, there's there's a lot that I would not like to do. (laughs) I I think anything that allows you to work more than to create and it's just more physical labor, I think uh, something that I wouldn't want to do like you know, as much as we need the streets clean, I wouldn't want to be a garbage man. Yeah. You know, and I'm not I'm not saying anything's bad about these jobs, but I just feel like they're a little bit thoughtless. Yeah. You know, you, you just drive up, throw it in the back of the truck, and then you keep going, you know. Yeah. I just feel like anything that doesn't provoke your thoughts or doesn't allow you to create mm-hmm. is definitely a possession, uh, profession that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Your mother's here too. Any last words you'd like to give to the people? Any shout outs? And where can they follow you on the social? First, I'd like to say you thought you was going to trip me up with your little 10 questions. As you can see, I got the rapid answers too for your <laughs> rapid questions. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, I just want to, you know, like I said, I want to hammer it home. Invest in yourself, believe in yourself. You can follow me on Instagram at willtheboss, number one, W-I-L-L-D-A-B-O-S-S, the number one. Look out for Black Poppy. Follow the code. Shout out to Alicia Gooding, who's also, you know, one of my um, my business partner in the marketing company, media management. Just just stay tuned. You know, we work, I'm working on a dope piece for, for ASAP Ferg, a, a sewer sounds piece for the, for the new regime that he's bringing to the table. Just uh, just stay, stay tuned. I got a lot in the works. And I'm always going to make sure that I protect the culture. All right, guys. This was episode 39 of Intuitive Minds Podcast. Peace. Peace. Peace.